Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And after the show, we actually had to take the episode down because Ray had used a racial slur for white people several times. I don't agree with YouTube's rule. Wait, no way. Is, is he using the C word defense? Is, is this the C word defense? Oh, wow. Okay, well, hey, I, I didn't know that was a bad word on YouTube too. I, I didn't know we'd start using the C word defense in general. It's a thing now. Holy f- so, by the way, I, I'm sure everyone here knows why Tim Pool took that video down. Uh, but he was like, no, 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 I, I didn't take it down. I'm not censoring myself. It's, it's on, it's on uh, TimCast IRL, the website, behind a paywall. So it's up there, but it's behind a paywall if you want to get to it. rich for Tim Pool of all people who sits in his little studio making millions of dollars off of this garbage putting himself in the position of uh, someone who is disenfranchised he's not okay now I can see why Tim made a response video to this because that's coming up next I was just curious why Tim was like so mad about this appearance that he like saw fit to have to make a full response video disenfranchised I'm not buying it and I thank you for calling him out to his face for the lies that he tells on his show and the BS that he engages in I loved it. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. me I had, too. I had fun and, too. But yeah. did they even like um, the, the comments? It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's next level. You got to ignore it. Yeah, the, and a lot of them are trolls and bots. You no, know, it is. It's like one follower, white supremacy, one yeah. follower. It's yeah, like yeah. crazy. But yeah. uh, and, and so, look, you call for the people that didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, he called them out and he did the thing about you know pushing the mic away. But if you actually watch when Ari was calm and, and he was way better at calling him out. Yes. He kept asking him details and Tim had no answers to mm. any of the questions that you were asking him because it was obvious that he was, he was making it up. But hey, Tim, if you didn't make it up, I'll just leave everybody with this question. Who was violated in Tim Pool's basement? Yeah, was, no, but that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. That's what he they said. Were yeah, they yeah. were veed, and then he yeah. explained yeah, yeah. that meant that they were that was gangbanger talk for violated. Which child? Because he said they were kids. Which child was violated in Tim Pool's basement? And what did Tim do about it? It's not my story. Yeah. I don't even believe the story. It's Tim's story. Right. He said it. To, back to your story about like white people being poor. Obviously, there's white poor people, white people with problems. It's like so they made up this fake. Oh, Ari's dad paid all the rent. He's dad's rich. Dad's rich. And you've, I've been on your show. I told you. You know, my father's like was a broke Vietnam veteran with two handicapped kids. You know, Agent Orange. You know, murdered my sister, murdered my brother, murdered my nephew. You know, we, we didn't come from money. We were sitting there broke. With uh, my brother can't walk, talk, or see. My sister can't walk or talk. My nephew, uh, bo- you know, body just Holy stopped shit. working. Six months old. Twenty five years old. My sister died. I didn't know any of this. Died. Um, you know, we were a white family with a lot of problems. So, so all these people go. Oh, what- well, hey, Casey, great to see you. Everyone, go check out Twitch.tv slash Casey Explosion. She does uh, very good video game streams. The white family with the- We're just following the Tim Pool drama right now. No, we, we were that white family with problems. But oh, Casey, did you get your CIA check? Has it arrived yet? Did, did the, the leftist gamers also get the CIA funding? Because if so, can you, can, you, can you share some with me? I, I need some more CIA funds. I'm not going to ever go, I you know, don't have the privilege of, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, I'm not going to use my struggle to act like, 
you know, to take away from the struggle of, of black people, brown people in our country, which yes. is real. But that's what they do. They cry about it. Oh, white people, you're saying white people can't have, we know white people have a struggle. I had, we, we do have struggles. We understand that. But that has, when we were talking about critical race theory in the schools. And then you bring up, but my struggle with being an Asian from, from 25, uh, from, you know, 70 years ago. And my struggle, he, um, what's his name? Uh, Luke, he was Polish. And it's like, yeah, but we're not talking, we're talking about critical race theory in school. What does that have to do with Poland? What does it have to do with uh, a Korean grandparents from, from, from the 40s? What, what does it have to do with that stuff? That, that was, yeah. that was the strangeness, yeah. All right. Thank you for taking the time to come and uh, talk to us about what really went down. Um, I appreciated the interview and I appreciate you showing. <laughs> OK, so this is uh, we're going to watch the Tim Pool response, but this is not connected. But yeah, the only part I've seen is the part that's coming up now. There's an absolute like firestorm. Thanks to Jimmy Dore mentioned that happens up and talking to us I, about can it. I, can I bring up one touchy subject? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead real quick. You guys all got to make up you and Dore. No, no, hell no. Hell no. F no. door, he could F the hell out. I, like, God, I, like I wish I could curse on the show. Like all yeah, he sexually harassed me at work for years, for literally years. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's garbage. He's a trash so person. I, I told you it was tough. You had me. Uh, you yeah. know what it is? Well, yeah. you brought it up, yeah. so I'm going to speak my piece. <laughs> I'll just say one last thing because you asked. But, but you asked. It, you it, asked. Got child, it got childish because I've seen it on both ends. Is it childish? No, it's not both ends, all right. It's not both ends. Door and his people were putting up videos of you. You know, when you made, you said, hey, I'd like these shoes, you know, when you trick the guy to get your shoes. Oh, look how terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy that uh, Anna went so hard because uh, that's good. That's good. Um, Casey Explosion, my CIA check shirts on the way. I got to cash in with my Soros trans agenda funding. Well, Casey, did you see that article that's making the rounds right now that says that uh, Philosophy Tube, this is by the gray zone, by the way, but it's this huge conspiracy theory that uh, Abigail Thorne is uh, funded by Valent, which is like a marketing PR firm, uh, which was funded by the UK government to promote anti-anti-vax uh, information. Uh, and because of that, it's also proof that Caleb Maupin was right. Uh, and uh, like all bread tubers are funded by the CIA including Sean was in the list because he had the audacity to go after Jimmy Dore, I guess. You go after Jimmy Dore once and you're you're going to be in that list, all right. Yeah, Sean, known pro-imperialism, pro-U.S. government Sean. It wasn't terrible. It was a funny skit that was on the internet type of thing. And it was it gets down where everybody takes these little things and start fighting. No, 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 but all right, it's not the same thing. Tell Listen, me. now you asked, I got to answer it. Okay, yeah, course, Jimmy says that us and people like Amy Goodman, he insinuates, are CIA or that we're taking money. What? Who would do such things? No. Money from Nancy Pelosi. That's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Okay. A lunatic says things okay. like that. Okay, I didn't and know by that. the way, Jimmy doesn't doesn't believe a word of that. He took, well, then why'd you take our checks, huh, Jimmy? Hey, okay. bitch, why did you take our <laughs> checks? I opened it up. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, no, 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 because I need yeah. to clarify for the bitch. If you thought oh, we were no, taking no. money from Nancy Pelosi and the CIA, why did you take our money? You guys not mad at me. Why did you right? take our money, Jimmy, huh? You goddamn liar, and you know it. This is supposed right. to be the peaceful one. I was, no, I just, no, yeah, I was trying no. to do the Dick Cavett thing. Yeah, right. but, no, I know. I'm going to say one last thing, okay? Because he, what? why does he sell out for money? Because those same white supremacists go and they give him money through YouTube and, and all the other things, right? Yep. Patreon and stuff. And yep. he sees that. And because he's a greedy little prick who likes to lie nonstop, he goes, ooh, I'll be a right winger. Vaccines, oh, no, I'm skeptical about vaccines. Oh, no, oh, hey, I think everybody else is taking. Now he says the Green Party might be with the CIA. No, the Green Party is the establishment. Oh, it's the establishment. Just, no, just, don't give money to anybody else but Jimmy. 2016, it was like the Jill Stein era type of era. And that's when I seen him up here. And that, yeah. that's, yeah. So I didn't mean to open no can of worms. No, but it's the guys. same thing, oh, though. I know, but it's the same thing. Both. Jim, I was trying to make the peace. Anytime no, I try to no make peace, peace, I get in no more trouble. No peace at all, at all. I don't make peace with goddamn liars, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I kick their ass for a living. And what is Jimmy now? 
Every, you're the goddamn joke of the internet, Jimmy Dore. Everybody thinks you're a total and utter oh, fool. Guys. You know why? Because he is. Oh, I think Amy Goodman might be CIA. Give me the money instead. I, I That's goddamn I Jimmy Dore for you. <laughs> I didn't By the way, I'll tell you the connective tissue between <laughs> Tim Pool and Jimmy Dore. It is they were both grifters who were pretending to be left wing and taking money for that. But they didn't find sufficient enough money in the left wing, so they went to the right. Dave Rubin, same exact thing, same exact thing. But they say, "Oh, right wing, you give me more money. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll pleasure you. I'll do anything you want." I'll That's pleasure Jimmy Dore is. I'll pleasure That's who Tim Pool is. That's who Dave Rubin is. I'm not that guy. <laughs> 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 well, well, no, it's a joke. I'm sorry. It's all right. I was trying to make a joke, was was to make a joke out of it. Sorry. We got to go to break. Oh, <laughs> so let's do that. We'll see you guys in just a few minutes. Thanks for watching the Young Turks. Okay, so we're all caught up. Now I'm ready to watch the Tim Pool. Tim Pool and family respond to Jenk, Anna, and R.A. the Rugger Man calling him a liar. Here we go, everybody. This is it. This is going to be peak drama. Last week on TimCast IRL, which is our podcast conversation show, we hosted R.A. the Rugged Man. During that interview, it got very heated and very intense. We were, we were debating and arguing over political issues like critical race theory. And after the show... We actually had to take the episode down because R.A. had used a racial slur for white people several times. I don't agree with YouTube's rule. Wait. No way. Is, is he using the C-word defense? Is, is this the C-word defense? Oh, wow. Okay, well, hey, I, I didn't know that was a bad word on YouTube, too. I, I didn't know we'd start using the C-word defense in general. It's a thing now. Holy fuck. So, by the way, I, I'm sure everyone here knows why Tim Pool took that video down. Uh, but he was like, no, 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 I, I didn't take it down. I'm not censoring myself. It's, it's on, it's on uh, TimCast IRL, the website, behind a paywall. So it's up there, but it's behind a paywall if you want to get to it. But apparently that's the reason he had to take it down. Oh, I was worried about the TOS. I mean, how is, uh, how is Vouch faring being back on YouTube? Has he, has he completely stopped the use of the C word out of, out of fear? I didn't know YouTube was as uh, hardcore as Twitch in this regard. Well, in that capacity, but... He did, and so we, we went into the uh, members-only segment on our website, where it also got very, very heated, and that's the first thing we brought up. And you know, one of the questions I had for R.A. the Rugged Man was, do you think you should be allowed to use a racial slur, depending on the context or the race it's being used against? We ended up getting into a very heated conversation, a very heated debate where— Like, is it not waking a lot of people up that a lot of these talking points that these, like, you know, so-called leftists, anyone who's defending this, this, like, entire travesty that has happened— uh, like that a lot of your points are aligning with the right to far right in this specific regard in this like all slurs matter uh, kind of mentality ultimately culminated in me yelling at R.I. the rugged man insulting him and then him getting up and swatting the microphone there's a bit more context than that I mean you know he had called me some insults he had mocked me and laughed at me I had raised my voice to him and then basically implied that he was weak and you know told him he was that guy and um, following this, there have been a bunch I of people bring this stuff up. But for the most part, uh, beyond that, you know, I addressed the issue. The video ended up being like half a million views. I decided to, uh, well, fo following this, the Young Turks hosted him on their platform. Now, they didn't get that many views on it. And I feel like uh, Cenk Uger was really trying to bait me into, I guess, some kind of beef or whatever. Look, Cenk, uh, you know, he was like, he's like, I'm talking to you, Tim. I'm laughing at you. I'm like, bro, please, you're allowed to laugh at me. Like, laugh at me all day and night. It's fine. Whatever. Um, however... I decided that this would be a good opportunity to explain. He got permission. Oh, that's nice of Tim. Explain my feelings on what the Young Turks said, 
why I am not a fan of the Young Turks, why I am not a fan of the modern progressive left, and why I think the Young Turks have continued to isolate themselves. One of the things that I talked about in the members-only segment that I was mocked for by Cenk Uger, Anna Kasparian, and Ari the Rugged Man was my history growing up on the south side of Chicago, dealing with oh. gangs, gang Are violence, we, are we getting more lore? One of the things the Young Turks said was that I was a liar. They didn't believe me. They said, what was the name of the guy who got veed in my basement? That's what it's called. When, when you want to get initiated into a gang, they called it veed or violated or whatever. At least that's what they called it there. And yeah, that happened in my basement. So I figured, you know what? Um, while I don't really care to get into any kind of beef with Cenk Uger, in fact, I publicly invited him onto the show. I would love to have him. I think it'd be a great conversation. Outside of that, Anna and Cenk, you're absolutely allowed to call me all the names in the book, make fun of me, laugh at me, call me a liar, have all those opinions. I got no issue with that whatsoever. I do, however, have an issue with your disdain for the working class people, your, um, your, this, this idea that I could not have gone through this struggle because I'm too successful. And that's basically what happened. And that's been my experience since Occupy Wall Street. Before I got any public notoriety, they said, oh, you know, Tim Pool is, is, is mixed race and a high school dropout. And all of those things are a perfect example of what's wrong with this country because he's smart. He should be doing better. And then once all these newspapers started highlighting, you know, talking about me, they said I was a white kid. And that's exactly what we ended up with with Ari the Rugged Man. He called me like a white boy who didn't understand any of this stuff. The Young Turks implied that I was lying about my upbringing. And so that's what I really want to address. And we're going to talk a bit about my upbringing. We're going to talk about my history on the South Side. Oh, and wow. then I'm going to talk about why I think it's so important to, to address these issues in the context of the Young Turks. So joining me today is my sister, Lisa. Hi, everybody. I can't keep track of your last name. I know. I've been married and... You want to pull the microphone a little closer? Yeah, yeah, I can do pull, that. Pull it real close and talk right into it. Like that? Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah what, what's your last name now? Well, now We're meeting pool. the fam. Now okay, it's, it's pool again. Pool. <laughs> All right. It's back to pool. Because yeah. you've, you've, you've been married a couple times. And a couple, uh, yeah. people have seen Chris on the vlog. Right. And so, uh, you know, people know him. And I figured, well, actually, I'll put it this way. After the show, you know, I'm talking... I gotta say, I don't know if... My play in all this would be to start involving the fam, like pulling the fam into this, because like is is this gonna keep escalating? Is this, is 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 TYT? Have they done a segment to this? I mean, this is like three days old, I think. December twenty second. Okay, so it's a couple days old. Mom. And she was like, me and Lisa were saying, I can't believe you would say these things and why you're lying. And then when uh, earlier today, when the Young Turks video was going around and I'm just like, he's trying to get me mad and riled up, whatever. That's fine. He's allowed. He's allowed to be mad at me. He's not. He's allowed to not like me. But then you walked in. You were like, those I, things he was saying. He I was could lying. not believe the things he was saying on the Young Turks. I was watching it. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. And then when I watched, I, I watching the interview with you, what he said, like he kept Asking about your back, you wanted pictures. I was like, yeah, that what? was weird. Wasn't that Show weird? me a picture Show of you when you were ten years old. I was like, I'm like what? what? Yeah, and I, every, he didn't, he didn't believe any of the stuff that went on when we were kids with the gangbangers. Man, I remember all of it because I know I'm older than you. Yeah, by quite a few years. Five years. Five. Well, okay. Okay, what was our address? Forty-nine, forty-one South Laramie in Chicago, Illinois, off of Archer and Sister, or actually off of Archer and Laramie to be exact. Right by the West Lawn neighborhood. The West Lawn neighborhood was infested with gangbangers. The Popes, like you said, the Almighty Popes, they were all there. The Two Six, the Kings. Oh, yeah, the Two Six. Remember I the even Two remember Six? Those. Yeah, the Two Six. I remember <laughs> all of that. And I've had close friends of mine um, almost get jumped by the Queens. I had a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, the Queens. Remember the Queens? Um, I got a friend of mine um, that I talked to today, and um, she was like, I remember that. She was like, her and her friend were walking down the street in the city, and the Queens were trying to jump them. And my girlfriend, she topped fences, got away. But this one girl, she ran down the street straight, and they caught her, and they didn't see her for an hour when Michelle got to her house. And they're like, oh, yeah, where is she? Where's that? And then I guess she showed up all beat up because they jumped her and they got her. And it's like, that stuff happened. We lived that. They came to our house. Those yeah. popes, they were there. And it angered me so much trying not to get well, we had, to There were like several like, parties, quote unquote parties. There was. And I know I was babysitting um, for a couple that lived across the street from us. I don't know where you were. And I know, um, I don't in know. I don't know. In the house with like, you know, our other brother. And um, so I was babysitting across the street. I look upstairs and I see these grown men walking in. Now, 
Now I'm going to say, my parents, they work a lot. Like my mom was selling cars. She had a coffee house. Remember she had a yep. coffee house? This she was, was never home. She worked her butt off at that coffee house. And to be a new business owner, it was like her baby. So she spent the night there. And our dad was a firefighter, so he would not be home some nights. He, he would do like 24 hours. He would. And then he would be back for two days. Yeah, he or, was like right? on and off. It was like first, second, and third it shift. Was something like that. It yeah. was weird. And I know they both worked really hard. Blue collar. They tried to work hard. And my mom, when she sold cars, I remember her trying to sell cars while having the coffee house, which is like damn next to impossible. She was, I didn't know she was doing both. She did do both briefly, and it drove her damn near insane. It was really difficult on her. And she- this is so weird. Why is this happening? So, I mean, rather than, uh, I guess, address the thing that RA was trying to get at, and he even brought it up in that original thing with Jank, right? That you are, you have to understand this perceived as white broadly by society. And and Tim Pool even like said at the start, he's like, articles started calling me white. Sure. Um, whether or not his like his lived experience is growing up uh, in the uh, gangbanger infested areas of Southside Chicago uh, or not, that, that doesn't really change the fact that the broader thing that RA was trying to explain to him is that like, you, you understand, like you... This, this is why the idea of race being a social construct should make a little bit more sense because you may claim that you are not white because of the 25% uh, you know, um, Asian uh, relative uh, or sorry, that you are made up of 25% uh, you know, Asian uh, background, whatever the uh, case may be. But at the end of the day, that's not what Ari was talking about. Um, he's now trying to double down on it again, bringing up this lived experience stuff. Like it was the first one, like obviously because Tim Pool was taking it so seriously, uh, was like hilarious. This one I kind of feel bad for because like I feel like involving your family to try and back up something, especially when again it's kind of like the the point is going like this. Um, this is going to make this whole thing so much worse now. So stressed out, and I know it. I don't. I don't understand the decision well, so anyways, that was I, made. I see these grown men walking out of the house, and I called the phone, and I was like, "Who's in the house?" Because it was like Chris, you know. And some guy answers the phone. He's like, "Yo, this is K Dog," and I was like, "What? <laughs> what? K Dog? Sniff Dog? Whatever? Sniff yeah, I know. Dog. Little, there was J Rock. I remember there was J-Rock. that. Oh, their and names Shine. So dumb. Yes, yeah. but Shine was was cool. He was cool. Yeah. And I remember that. And then when I finally got done babysitting, I tried to get them all out of the house, but that was like impossible. They're like cockroaches. They were like infested in our house. There was like thirty people. Yeah, it was like a big old party. So I was I was like ten, and one guy handed me a was it Red Dog? Was that the beer? I, I think so. Red, I can't dog? remember. They also talk about these people very yikesy. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Sure. I had my they, own. They infested us like cockroaches. Room, thank God. And there were two. There was a couple there. I don't want to say names. J Rock, so baby. <laughs> yeah, J Rock. Anyone who, who used to watch uh, fucking Trailer Park Boys, it's like J Rock, baby. Nice J Rock, baby. Um, yeah. Again, I don't know. I, I like. I if someone looked up, uh, I don't know much about Southside Chicago. If this is uh, if this is a story that is indicative of someone who grew up, I think he's trying to tell the story of being impoverished, uh, of dealing with like a lot of gang violence and stuff like that. Like it, it doesn't matter where you grew up. Like I grew up first in Vancouver and then in a small town. There's obviously like a handful of stories that are like are fucked up, but I would never use this as a way of being like. And by the way, that's why I'm technically, uh, you know, in the eyes of society. Not white because of my lived experience. Because like you know things were things were hard for me too. You don't know. You don't see that. Like even even if he grew up in like abject poverty uh, and was surrounded by like so much hardcore gang violence, which okay could have been the case. Uh, I I don't know enough about Southside Chicago to really uh, criticize that. What or sorry comment on that one way or the other. Even if that was the case, that doesn't take anything away from Ra the rugged man statement. He's like that's he like 
on its surface, it seems as if like Tim Pool's reading this whole thing as he's being racist. He's being racist towards me. Like he won't he won't realize my truth. And now he's like doubling down on that by being like, hey, so to to Jank and Anna and TYT now because they've been roped into this whole thing. Not only uh, were you wrong, but you're you're also like the extreme racist because like here's here's me and my sister telling you about how hardcore things were when we were kids. There was a couple, this boyfriend and girlfriend, they frequently came to our house, and the boyfriend was a pope. He completely was in the gang. His first name was Brian. I'm not going to say his last name, but um, I know it. Um, but he was totally in that gang, and his girlfriend Kelly was at her house. Now, I don't oh, know if yeah. you remember this. Yeah, I remember But they got a big old fight in the backyard, and it dragged out into the alley, and it came into our kitchen. And yeah. I remember Bri- Brian scratched her neck. She had scratches all in that big ghetto fight. And she tried to use the phone to call um, a friend. Mitch, big ghetto fight. Dog <laughs> this whole thing is wild. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's coming across as pretty racist <laughs> to just be like all these gangbangers infected cockroaches that they like, that's her language, not mine. Not mine. <laughs> I'm big ghetto fights. Like, uh, yeah, this that's holy shit. Uh speak minds one. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing. And this, you know what's wild about this is that it's like, okay, you tried to point out that I am white passing. And that offended me so much, so much that you then went on a show with TYT and Anna and and, and continued to talk about that and and mock my lived experience that I'm going to bring my family on here. So here's my my sister so she can tell you firsthand how wild things were. were. And then she's just using the most inflammatory language ever. Fuck. (laughs) It's making it so much worse. Ripped the phone right out of the wall. I think I remember that. And I was like, hey, my mom's going to kill us. Our parents are going to kill us. And I... So, because he was abusive, this guy, he was trying to beat her ass. And so he, um, I grabbed her arm, I dragged her into my room real quick, locked the door, shut it, and I said, call Mickey to pick you up. Call me to pick you up. It was insane. Those gangbangers in our house, it was the worst. Uh, yeah, we totally grew up with that stuff. And for that guy to come on here and say that you didn't live with any of that stuff was complete bull. How old was I when I stopped going to high school? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Oh, God. I don't even know. When did you stop going to high school? I stopped going to high school freshman year. My freshman year. Six months of my freshman year, I quit. Yeah. And I was trying to get my GED. Because I got my mom at the coffee house, and we meant to go do that, and it just never ended up happening. And um, I, I worked behind the counter at like 5 a.m. helping her at their coffee house, and it was long, crazy hours, and it was hard. You you left freshman year? I did. I left freshman year, wow. and I, remember, I did too. I remember um, the gang banging was so bad. I don't know how mom and dad um, caught on to it, or they knew Chris. Mom was wasn't in trouble. there. She had you. I don't know if you know this, but she you know she enrolled Chris into the north side to get uh-huh. him away from the south side. And then I ended up leaving the house and basically going and hanging out. At you lived at someone else. You lived at Wayne's house or something. Yeah, Wayne's like, house. Wayne's house? You know, I basically like, would just go there every single day. It was I would like, be on his porch waiting for his family to come home, yeah. because because he had a he had a, he, you know he was uh, I don't want to drag too many of like you know my friends who are un, right. uninvolved in all this stuff, but I had a you know I knew this kid from school and being at his house was normal and his and his parents were there. Yeah. And they would give they would order food and they would order pizza and they would go to the mall. You know and when, I, when I was at the house, it was empty. It was there were gangbangers. There was, there was, yeah, there, or there was no food. And, I, and look, I don't know. I, I think, you know, mom and dad. <laughs> Why do they keep talking like this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like if you were surrounded by the, quote, gangbangers, uh, that, like, calling them all gangbangers and saying this is ghetto shit is the kind of stuff that would land you in a lot of trouble, like, perhaps violence. And again, like, if, if this is all true, if every part of this is true, I'm not saying it's not. And if it is, like... That is very sad. That, that is a very sad story. Like, honestly, I did not know that uh, they grew up, uh, you know, mostly motherless because their mom was working so hard. And that's what caused Tim Pool, uh, you know, stress. And he had to move out and stay at his friend's house. Uh, I did not know this. I'm not I'm saying this without like a hint of sarcasm. Like that is if that is true, that's a very, very sad story. But like 
you don't need to do this. Like this, this isn't directly related to what R.A. the Rugged Man was talking to you about when, when he was like, you have to understand that like you are like you are white. Broadly speaking, society will see you as white. Going back to this, okay, well, yeah, but you don't understand. Like I'm not white because this happened to me because because I have these stories of all the gangbangers, the the cockroaches that were infesting our area. Don't like that. That was the case. They don't. But it was kind of like. We were lower middle class. We weren't like, right. we, we were upper lower class, like bouncing between those. And I think what happened was, and I could probably be wrong because I don't know what the finance situation was like. My, my mom and dad took out a loan, took out a loan on the house that we had yeah, so they could open a business because my mom had a dream that she would get out of all this, that, mm-hmm. that we would, we would make it and that there would be a- I still, I haven't seen a single part of this that relates to him being oppressed for racism. Like if you introduce a story where it was like, well, uh, you know, they didn't think of me as a white person. They they thought of me as an Asian person or something to that effect. Right. Like if anything, this sounds like you are being oppressed for class specifically. Right. Uh, of all the things that Tim Pool is mentioning. Like if that is true. And again, that is a very sad story that, you know, mom had to work all day and all night at the coffee store that, uh, you know, the, it, they were only able to be upper lower class uh, and then send one person at a time uh, to a different school or something to that effect. I had the exact same upbringing in Ontario and Newfoundland, and I was until I was homeless at seventeen. It's not a shield that deflects the criticism of racism. If I said the stupid shit that Tim Pool does, I'd still be a white racist asshole. <laughs> well, hey, darn good stuff. That's a that's a very good way of putting it. Um, yeah, none of none of this is a defense from the criticisms that were coming from Ari the Rugged Man. Like he was also criticizing his content. He was like Tim Pool. Like you make so many videos that are about about inciting people's fears about racial and racialized violence and. About about an upcoming civil war that is that is like your constant theme so when you make all these videos and, and keep pumping them out about like hey uh, there's all this looting going down hey it's really scary that there's all these people who are robbing from these places that happen to be predominantly back hey it's really scary that there's chaos and order in the streets and antifa is rising up and that the civil war is coming like when you do that for fun and profit that's a huge problem like the, the messaging that you have none of how he grew up or, or his or his story changes that criticism franchise and then the fam- there'd be a family business and it didn't work. Long story short, we lose the house. So we go from like crabs in a barrel trying to crawl out to getting sucked back in and then divorce and all right. that stuff. I feel like it was like the show Shameless. I don't know if you ever saw that show. It's about the south side of Chicago family, except our parents weren't drug addicts. Uh, Brave Limit says, good thing his mom could get a loan and not get denied for being black. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're now, I think, reaching more complicated levels of discussions about uh, intersectionality and race. But absolutely, that, that would be an aspect of having the same lived experience, if you happen to be a black family, that you may find in addition to all of this, more racial oppression in, in one form. Or perhaps the mom would have a hard time getting a job specifically because she had a black-sounding name. Or perhaps the mom or the dad had been in trouble because they were uh, stopped or profiled by the police and searched and then charged far more than they would a, ra- uh, a white family. That's like, these are all things that would have happened in addition to, right? So none of that takes away the criticism that was coming to Tim Pool in the first place. Alcoholics. Tim was Liam. He found a new family. I was Fiona. I took care of Chris and Tim, and Chris was lit. Chris was really, Chris was gifted. He went to a gifted school, and that's the show. Early on, yeah. And then that was us. We lived the show like shameless, like totally, hundred percent. So us. we we er, I feel like early on, you know, we're on the south side of Chicago. It's relatively bad. We we were on the southwest side, so it wasn't okay. Like we were in the but league. just just so everyone's clear, Shameless is a show uh, about a poor white family. It's it's about a poor white family specifically. Place where 
Both, well, both series, by the way, the British one and, and the, the American one. And no one is saying that white people cannot be oppressed for being poor. They absolutely can. They can have like horrifying upbringings as a result of that. Yes. Two blocks away, the hot dog stand had bullet holes in the yeah, windows. Yeah, we were so. lived by like, their courts. Yeah, it was kind of, Archer and Cicero wasn't a great place. There was, yeah, yeah it wasn't It was, it wasn't but great. it was where uh, a firefighter could re- could have a family of five and right. afford a house. It was all, it was all, we grew up in a neighborhood, it was all cops and firemen. That's Do you remember mom, so I was a little kid, I was like three or four. Mom's, when the brick got thrown through the window of the van. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what year that was, but I remember. Mom said it was minivan. 89. Was it the minivan? Yeah. yeah we, the, had a, the, we had a caravan. Or whatever. It was, I, I think it, we had a Dodge caravan. And I, I think that's what the car was. They threw that, a brick through the window. They threw a brick through it, yeah. And mom said that they put pamphlets in the door about KKK stuff and did. race mixing. It was, uh, I remember someone threw a rotten chicken in our... Um, I mean, that's happened to my family, and we were in Canada. People smash into cars all the time. I've had, like, I think three or four vehicles that either my parents or myself have owned that have been smashed in, robbed. And that's that's not in, like, an incredibly poor part of a uh, small town or Vancouver. They did stuff to our, yeah, they did stuff to our house. It was, I don't know if you remember Mom, that. I, I remember the damage, but I, I, it, I was, I don't know, probably too young. People to vandalized like, our house. It was not cool. So this would be, uh, I guess, the first example of them facing uh, racial oppression uh, would be that they apparently have been uh, flyered by the KKK uh, back in the day um, is, uh, is what they're describing. Um, they haven't stated as to why yet or if they were just doing this broadly in that area. But, uh, you know, this is the first time we have uh, examples of that. <laughs> Mom said they had put white supremacy pamphlets on the door. Right. And she said they were being smart. They knew that if they put it in the mailbox, they could get in trouble. So they were, they, were, they were doing it in clever ways to harass us. And I can't remember why she said it stopped. She said something happened where it, where it finally stopped. But she told me if, if once they realize that we act like white people, they'll leave us alone. Oh, I remember that fear. Yeah, that she had. That, I remember that. Yeah. She grew up with it. She did. She grew up with a lot of that stuff back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. yeah. She looked like way more Korean. She is more Korean. Well, than so what, what people, I, I mean, first of all, the lighting in this room is as bright as it can possibly get. <laughs> but I, I think it, it, he said, show me a picture. Okay, sure. Like maybe I should pull up the pictures because I mean, I was, d- depending on the season, you know, I can get really dark, really tan or really yeah. not tan. You got that olive skin tone <clears throat> kind of like I do, I guess. But I guess the issue then is, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, <laughs> if, if you've experienced it, but I was talking to Chris about this too, Chris being our brother, that. <laughs> Only in that neighborhood did it not matter what our race was because there were people who were like Mexican. There were people oh, who were yeah. immigrants. Yeah, it really didn't matter. But when I would, me and, and Chris was agreeing with me on this, like when we would go to the suburbs, the white suburbs, they were like, they knew that you weren't a white person. Oh, you mean like Naperville, Wheaton, like yeah, yeah, those kind we, of the if, nice suburbs? Yeah. If we, so, you know, as I get older and I start hanging out with more people from different areas, it would always be like, oh, so, so what are you? They immediately would be like, you're not a white person. And the funny thing is, this, this yeah. is like the, 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 I guess the apex of what the Young Turks are trying to talk about and claim we didn't have is you, you look white to us. Therefore, you couldn't possibly know discrimination. I didn't like that. He was stereotyping you like that. All right. That's what that we, just, we don't like. Yeah. And so, so the issue for me is like, I don't know how many times I need to say, like, I don't think we had it worse than like black people. This is, uh, okay, so uh, first off, he's already gone into talking about this in terms of uh, racial oppression. So now we have that direct example. So this is actually addressing uh, the part that uh, I feel that we should have been uh, early on. But anyways, since we've gotten here, I, I've got to say, this this seems like a now 200 or 300 level course uh, about discussing these kind of issues. And it's it's actually pretty fascinating that it's come to this. Because, again, I don't know the, I don't know how much of these stories are or are not true. Uh, I can only base it on on the concept of whether or not uh, we'll just say in good faith that we'll say that they're all true, that every single one of these things happened exactly as they described in this area. When someone like R.A. the Rugged Man or uh, Jank is speaking to him, he is speaking, saying broadly in society, most of and the majority of people who will either meet you or encounter you on the street will see you as a white person, just just broadly speaking. Um, 
and even if you say that, you know, I, I was treated differently uh, growing up because of the area we were in, every single person is always asked, uh, you know, what am I or something like that. Um, again, it, it goes down to the fact that, the, like, I, I don't know how many people knew about uh, Tim Pool being mixed race uh, until it became a talking bait. I personally didn't. I think the same thing occurs to me. Uh, people are like, oh, Lance, you're mixed race. Yes, I am. I am mixed race. Absolutely am. You know, father born in San Diego. My mother's indigenous and uh, from uh, Saskatchewan. But uh, as you can clearly see, and I guess it is the lighting. It is the lighting a little bit. There's there's definitely some lighting going on in this. I mean, the, the I do have LED lights on that are that are uh, that are obviously making me perhaps appear slightly uh, more. Uh, creamy than normal, uh, perhaps more visibly white than I normally am, but uh, I, I am, uh, broadly speaking, uh, white. Yes, yes, and it's it's okay to say, Tim. It's okay to say. This country who deal with like right. hardcore racism. I have to go get a tan. I, I know. I was just trying to point out. It's funny because this is a leftist talking point. Intersectionality that different people of different backgrounds experience different kinds of racism. True. So like. When I put down on a, on a job application, I'm Asian and white. You know, dad yeah. told me not to do that ever again. Stop. They're not going to hire you. They're going to discriminate against you. Right. So you need to like lie and say you're something else. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh man. Moment of growth. Okay. Awesome. So you were able to do that, right? You were, cause I can do that too. I, if I had to write on a job application, which by the way, do job applications usually have like, what race are you? Um, either way, they don't in Canada. Any, anyways, if I had to do that on, on a job application, um, I could put white. Because th- th- that's what white passing is. This is, this is again, another form of privilege. And I know that that word is icky, icky, and people don't like to hear it. And it's like, oh, God, there's another person talking about privilege. Is this critical race theory? What is he talking about? But certainly, certainly, while you may have potentially been discriminated against if you had uh, alerted them to the fact that you were 25% Asian because you were white passing, because no one will question when they see you whether or not you're white, you then have the privilege over a different group that would not be able to do that. If someone is black, for example, they couldn't put, I'm Caucasian, uh, on the job application. On the, yeah, the ethnicity uh, checkboxes. There's usually a question asking if you're a visible minority. Right, but is is there one, like, do you fill that in and say, I am I am white in that, if there's, that, like, that is, that is related to racial discrimination, not not identifying that you are that you were a white person. I mean, please inform me. But they can tell if you're not being white, you know, like, or they can tell if you're not white. Yeah. They, they could look at us and be like, oh, yeah, what yeah. are you? You're, yeah. some, you're, you're clearly something else. Right. Only when my argument goes against the left argument do they actually say what I'm saying is not true or I'm lying. I can't believe that guy was saying that. I was just like, man. Well, I, so so, so here, here's what I want to get to, right? Right. With you basically here telling, you know, part of the stories because there's a yeah. million more. Remember when, uh, our so bike got, remember when my bike got stolen? We were looking for uh, um, Brycey, I think. Bright- oh, the, our dog. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. Then, and then I was riding on the pegs. Yeah. And we wrote, we wrote by the hot dog stand. And the dude ran up and said, give me the bike. Oh, by Rocket Park. Yes. No, we were by Rocket Park. Was we were by, by L&M Park? Hot Dogs. Yeah, that hot dog stand. Wasn't was it by, by Rocket Park? Park? I thought that was the hot dog stand by Rocket Park because no. it was one. L and M was when you right, walked. Oh, down. it was like no, it was farther, but it was like toward like. A... We rode our bike near Forty Seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Forty Seventh was the barrier between like the white white mixed neighborhood right. and the black neighborhood. And a black dude ran up and said, "Get off the bike." And then we were just two little kids who got off the bike and then he stole it. Yeah, it was... that I, I there's so many bikes that got stolen like by us. Like, oh my god, it happened all the time. The hot dog stand had bullet holes in Did the it? window, and the windows were bulletproof. I it was crazy. It was Rocket Park. I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L and M was right was on was right on Laramie, or yeah. no, I think it was on Leamington. Yeah, it so you go down and you turn right. It was like two blocks away. Yeah, I remember so anyway, that. here's what I think is important to understand. Several things. The Young Turks brought on Ari the Rugged Man. Sorry, I'm like, I'm learning things. I, I don't know this about Southside Chicago. Is, is, is that a thing? There are mixed race specific neighborhoods? Like the Demograph, 
of, of that neighborhood is, is mixed race people, but that's separate from the black neighborhood, which is also separate from the white neighborhood. I'm, I'm not asking that with sarcasm. Like, I actually do not know that about Chicago. I don't know a lot about uh, Southside Chicago. I don't know this guy's history. You know, some people were saying he was rich. Some people are saying he was poor. I don't think that matters. I think he's racist. And, you know, look, I think we, we hashed it out. We hugged it out. But I still disagree with him politically. When I would say something like, here's what my family went through, and it's a fact, and I had to witness particularly what mom went through with it, he's like, I don't care. You're making it up. Your mom's Jesse Smollett. I, I can't believe he said that. You know, that's, that was, I cannot believe he said that. You know, right now, as we speak, my daughter in school right now, your niece, yeah. she's been being called, she, this whole last few weeks, three boys have been calling her a ching chong for the last three weeks now. That's been happening right now. And I've had to deal with that racism with her in school. But she's an, an eighth Korean? Yeah. She doesn't look that Korean. She basically came to school, had a Chinese fan, and um, some boy was like, what is that? And made fun of her fan. And she's, but she's also like, what is she, like 30% white or something? Yeah, she's like more white, but Clean she's like, no, thir- she's like less white because she's, well, she's her dad is Irish. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. and then she's got the Korean side for me. So she's got the portion of um Raven, thank you very much. Uh there is no church in the wild and hell is not a consequence. Interesting. Um again, uh I mean, that story is uh, horrifying. I am not here really to to say uh whether or not all these things are true because I have no way of either backing them up uh, if they're true or or saying that they're not. Uh it's just to understand and analyze this from the perspective of again, this came from a place and RA was completely on point with this, that Tim Pool and the vast majority of the content that he does, especially in relation to talking about race, is usually inflammatory. Uh, it's usually to stoke fears in people about racialized violence and about an upcoming civil war. It's been a very consistent theme with Tim Pool. Uh, none of Tim Pool's grown up or lived experience changes any of that, Right. Like, it, it it may have shaped it. It may be a way of explaining why, or maybe it's the reason that they're so fearful, or I don't know. That that, that would be a, a great place, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't absolve you of that. Asian like you do, kind of like you. But these, and then she's like, no, actually, I'm part Korean. And the whole but last few weeks, yeah, but the whole last few weeks, they've been calling her a ching chong and stretching their eyes. And I've had to call the school, and I've had to deal with that. Well, that, that can't possibly like, happen because she's white, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, so but, but also... I mean, I don't, I don't even know what your ethnic background is. Oh, I know. So I did take the Ancestry test DNA. So um, turns out I'm, um, I'm a little bit of German-Irish. I'm uh, a quarter Korean. It did confirm that. You're part Japanese. I am a little bit Japanese. Yeah. And uh, I am uh, European-Jewish, turns oh. out. Wow. Yeah, tell me about it. That <laughs> threw me, too. I thought so I was Hispanic. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have different uh, dads. Right. We do. Um, and I don't know any. We, we grew as far as I know. I think yours was Dutch. <laughs> dad? My, my dad? Or Dutch. our yeah, dad. Our so dad. Yeah. When I was born... It was it was dad, mom, and you, and so yeah. that's all I know. I don't. This is yeah. This is really weird right now. Like again, um, like I, I could do the same thing where where I do a presentation where I'm like, hey, by the way, there's enough you know indigenous and Métis ancestry in my lineage that I've traced back uh, enough ancestors. You know, my, my great grandfather or sorry, great grandmother uh, spoke Cree that I actually have a Métis status uh, that is approved by the BC government card. Like I'm a, I have a literal race card, right? But that doesn't change the fact that again, like. When I leave the house, no one would know that. Unless I had a conversation with someone, no one would know that. The only thing they would ever think is like, oh, yeah, there, there's a white person. And, and, I, and like, I, I'm going to pause it. That's usually what people in today's, like, it just I'm saying in his current age, people probably think of, I thought Tim Pool was white. I did, I did not know that he is mixed race. I've found that out now in, in great detail. You know, not not today, obviously. I've, I've known for years, but I'm just saying, first time I ever saw Tim Pool, the, the first thought that crossed my, my mind was not that this was like um, a, a multiracial person of color or something like that. Anything about when you were younger and with mom before dad or anything like that? Um, 
I don't know a lot. Um, I know that it was just mom and I, and then she met dad, our dad, because he's really my dad too. I'm but then he adopted you. And he adopted you. me, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was just us, and then he met dad, and then she, she met dad, I mean, and then had you two, yeah. <laughs> basically. So here's what I want to say about the Young Turks. <clears throat> when uh, there's a guy named Vosh, I don't know if you know, if, if you've heard Uh-oh. who he was. No, Uh-oh. he wouldn't have met him, but he talked about this, and he made a really good point, a very important point about this. He played the clip of when I was talking to R.A., he was live streaming and the audience was like, you know, F Tim pulling out stuff. And he said, let's be real, guys. If this was any other mixed race Asian person saying they experienced racism and a white guy was laughing in their face, you would be on their side. But you just don't like Tim Pool. Oh, my God. Well, he's right. So I was like, thank yeah. you for defending me. Of course, he later went on to say I was racist, but sure. Yeah. It's funny. Like, <laughs> to have he the... is right, though. Yeah. If, if it was any other person being like, I come from a second generation mixed race family and, yeah. and we had white supremacists attack us, the woke people would be like, you see, that's the problem. Yeah. But here's the problem the Young Turks have. So for one. I think, for the most part, Jenk was trying to bait me into giving him attention or whatever. That's sure, whatever. Jenk, you're invited on the show. You don't need to laugh at me. You're allowed to. You can do whatever you want. But I really genuinely do want Jenk to come on the show and sit down and have a conversation about everything. I think it would be amazing. And I think we would disagree a lot. And we'd probably, you know, be arguing and all that stuff. But it would be great. So I'd, I'd love for you to come on the show. And everything you said, you want to you laugh at me, by all means, do it. The one thing I said about Ari the Rugged Man is I was wrong to raise my voice to him. I was wrong to yell him because I invited him here. I asked him to do me a favor and come on my show. And then when he disagreed with me and didn't like what I had to say and made fun of me, I took it personally and raised my voice. I, you can't do that. You can't be like, come into my house. Now I'm going to be mad that you're saying this. No, 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 no. I invited him here. I, I will own up to that one. But I will address them saying I'm a liar and that these things didn't happen because they literally did. So here's what I think the real problem is for the Young Turks. They claim to be progressive. They cannot have for their narrative poor people succeeding. Like, so you were a stripper. I was. I was. I did do that. You come a little closer to me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting uncomfortable. But, but so, so uh, you, get, you drop out of high school. You end up being a stripper. I did that for a few years. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And uh, you got your GED? Uh, yes and no. So no, you didn't get your GED. No, I, uh, I don't have a GED. I don't have a high school diploma. True. I, I passed everything but the math. <laughs> I got to work on that. I actually went in there and passed everything but the math. So here's the Stop problem for their narrative. One of the things that he asked me is like, where'd you learn to talk like that? I don't know. TV? Yeah, that, about that. Like he, he just, it, I, I know you speak articulate. And I know maybe, maybe I have more of a Chicago accent than you. I don't know. But like TV, he didn't. Yeah. I don't know. He, he really, I don't know what his problem was with you. He just didn't. It's, 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 it's simple. The, the, the reason the young Turks are saying all these things, there was no real substance to their arguments. By all means, come here and hash them out genuinely. Both Anna and Cenk, by all means, come here and say everything. Do all the research. Bring a dossier and say, here's our problem with you. I will gladly allow you to come on my show and say all of that stuff. But I really genuinely believe the issue they have is that when they go around saying, we need government intervention for healthcare, we need government in- intervention for education, you know, the system is rigged, all of that stuff, it really hurts the progressive narrative that a high school dropout from the South Side of Chicago, from a second generation mixed race family who experienced racism, has succeeded, is running a big company, and encourages people to be strong. And- what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's not their issue with you. Their issue with you, as was the same with RA, is the fact that you pedal in fucking fear mongering. Race-based fear-mongering. That's it. Not not that you can't have that uh, lived experience. Or if you had that lived experience that you succeeded. Like, what what bizarre liberal id poll is that? That's a really weird way to weaponize this whole thing. Like, what the fuck? To succeed as well. And that you don't need to be living under the boot of the government for these things. Exactly. I, not, yeah. not, I'm not going to pretend like Jank likes the Democrats or anything. He hates them. He hates the establishment and all stuff. But this narrative is like... During Occupy Wall Street, like I said, they're like, you're this mixed race guy and, and you know, you failed, you, you dropped out of high school, but you're so smart. Like, you should be successful, man. This proves the country is broken. It's racist. It's classist. And then a month later, Time Magazine puts me on this like big feature and they're like, he's a white kid with a silver spoon in his mouth. And what they love to say now is Tim Pool's from the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Because when it turns out I'm actually from Chicago, their only retort is, 
The suburbs. No, no. That's why I asked you the address first thing. Yeah, it was the south side of Chicago by Midway Airport. We yeah. didn't grow up in the suburbs like Wheaton or Wilmette or Mount Prospect or Naperville, which are very nice suburbs, by the way. But we yeah, didn't grow Evanston. up in those. Evanston. We didn't grow up in those nice suburbs. Nope. We went to school on the south side of Chicago. I mean, Mark Twain. I went there for a brief moment. It was yeah. a public school. And, were, and, and they had their own mini gang in the school. Yeah. Do you remember like, Kennedy High School? Yeah. And there, yeah. Was, there was a fight. Like the, the first month <laughs> I was there, a fight broke out and yeah. someone got a gun. I mean, the high school I went to was Maria High School. It's closed now, but it was an all-girls Catholic high school. But I only went there for a brief period. And it was by Marquette Park where people got shot on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, I was told by Rick. I don't want to say too much about these people's last names or anything. That he called me and he was like, he said he saw two people dragging a carpet with feet hanging out the back of it. Okay. And then the next day they found a dead body. And this, that was over on like 63rd in California. I doubt it. There were some kids who were... Uh, I don't know the full story. Of this. These are just story, some of the stories we just heard. There was like a fentanyl outbreak really early on, like like one of the first fentanyl outbreaks right. on 63rd and Cicero around there. And then there was um, some dude was going to a party and they pulled up like a block away from where the party was and parked, but they parked in front of a drug dealer's house who walked up and knocked on the window and was like, what you want? And then they were just like, fuck you, get away from us. Yeah. And so the dude shot two bullets in the car, killing him. Yeah, Something like that. I, I, that, that like, we were at the party. I, don't, I, wasn't, I wasn't witness to like the, oh, the shooting man. or anything. But yeah, it was like around 63rd in California. And we were at this party, and then they were like, holy shit, dude, someone like fucking just got shot twice in the stomach. He's dead. And yeah, the girlfriend shit. I was talking to today, she was talking about the same thing. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, I, I went to uh, high school in a small town that was filled with uh, a variety of crime syndicates, including the Hells Angels, including uh, the Bacon Brothers, including a whole bunch. There were a lot of gangs and gang violence. There was a lot of that. There was that even in my schools. There was also shootings that took place in this small town. There was a whole bunch of things related to that. I, well, not me, but a friend of mine or someone I know may have even purchased drugs from some of these unsavory characters and as a result may have had to interact with these unsavory characters on a semi-regular basis and uh yeah none of what i just said would defend me if i started making a whole bunch of like racist videos none of it even even if i went towards uh like a more serious like example of like i guess racial oppression which is like teaching once kids would find out that i'm like part indigenous in school they'd immediately start making fun of me in racist terms for that specifically but not until they found out because again you would never know that looking at me but that would not absolve me either. Like, it doesn't matter how many uh, personal stories I have. It doesn't matter how, how uh, you know, rugged I want to make my upbreaking seem or, or vice versa, right? It, it, that doesn't change the, the, content of you, the content of your character and the content of your videos. Girl that uh, I pulled in our, my room with the phone. Um, she was at, there was a... Was my town the inspiration for GTA? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the the small town of, of Langley, British Columbia was, was the inspiration for Grand Theft Auto. Like, the thing is, like... Yes, uh, you you can you can I can tell like any number of wild stories from my childhood that doesn't really change like in the current day and age what the like judging my videos or content like it doesn't like you you know maybe it'll explain some of it to you maybe you'll be like oh now I understand why Lance talks about this from this perspective but the, if you hate it and you're like you're against what I like my messaging then it doesn't change that right like I I can't fall back on this as like well you didn't know my lived experience. And now that you know, you can no longer criticize me for that lived experience and for the broad uh, work that I do overall. I'm now immune from any and all criticism because of it. 
bunch of kids hanging out back when they were way in the early mid-90s or something. And uh, that girl, she broke a bottle off of a table and she went across someone's forehead. It was blood everywhere. It was just insane. The gangs that were in our house, though, like stuff like that happened. We had fights in our house. Yeah. In our backyard. In our Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they used my bed. Yeah. And then I remember I was like, I was a little, I was like, what, 10? I think and so were. they were just like the older guys were like stay away stay away bro like keep them keep them away from the room and then like I walked over to the room and I even if you get racially profiled once black people live in constant terror they literally cannot escape the anti-blackness even in our own communities because of people uh, like him spreading information Tim not Lance yeah no uh, that's 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 what I'm trying to impart in that like it is like the the times in my life where I have been racially profiled are not constant. It's it's not part of like a systemic problem. Uh, you know, it's 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 something that like yeah, when it happens, it's it's uncomfortable, sure, and it's it's bad. And I would certainly say that it's not something that should happen. But again, broadly speaking, like it's it's not the same lived experience as someone who is consistently racially oppressed, and that's that's what he was getting at. Pushed the door open and they were banging on my bed. That's I know. And then they freaked out and they pulled me away and they were like, "Yo, come on, little man." And then they, <laughs> I remember them taking my sheets down to the laundry room, washing them. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. How old were those guys? <laughs> I don't know. I think they had to be like in their late teens. Some of them in their early twenties. Yeah. I think so because no, Sean was older than that. Though. He was older than that. He had to yeah. be his thirties. That guy was a lot older. And I never criticized you. I'm too afraid of what your CIA handlers would do. True. I think they did. They made macaroni and cheese for us too. They did. They, some of them were nice. And then um, some of them. There was the one guy. He, uh, one of them, <laughs> Some of them were nice. He robbed our house. He did. He stole dead seven hundred dollar bike. Yeah, he stole, stole a camcorder. They he whacked off my... onto his magazines. Yeah, they. They um. They stole my Nintendo sixty four. They stole my so Game pissed. Shark. My, my friend's Game Shark. It was James's. Yeah. James. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I know let me about. Game Shark. Okay, but like again, um, and that's all horrible. But you're also listing like a whole bunch of really cool things that you had at a young age. You know, like we we had uh, Nintendo sixty four. We had uh, the Game Shark, which was a peripheral that you plugged in to play other like uh, other video games, stuff like that. Like, if you're talking about people who grow up in systemic poverty, it's it's not uh, stories about how they they lost all their video games and computers and stuff to the gangbangers and things of that nature. Like you have to understand that there is further racial oppression further poverty perhaps in you experience because i can say that definitely there's like i i'm incredibly privileged uh for how i grew up uh and like again none of that changes the way or the content of my videos or, or the way people are going to reflect on them and then they didn't take the playstation they took the game. wasn't the game shark for cheat codes yeah so it's the it was like an evolution of the game genie yeah, so the Game Shark was basically the Game Genie for later systems, like uh, the Saturns and 64s and stuff like that. Track out of it. That's right. And I was like, Game Shark is a cheating thing. You guys know what Game Shark is. Yeah, I remember they that. They stole that. They climbed through the, front, through the front window. Yeah, they did, and it was awful because we had our camcorder with family movies and stuff on there that we'll never get back because this guy like, yep. robbed our house. So we did have gangbangers in our house, and we did grow up with that stuff. And it's... <laughs> For that guy to come on here and just be poking at you like, who are your friends? Who'd you roll with? Yeah, he was like, show me a picture. Show me, what's their name? And I was like, are you serious Yo, right now? I, got no, I, I don't know if Andy will get mad at me for saying his name, but uh, Jank Uger was like, what's the name of the child who got V'd by a gang? Andy Wayner. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like I, he, he was like one of our best friends growing up. He was, the, he was like, I, I call him like the Eric Cartman of our friend group. He was. He was the Eric Cartman. But, but that right. was... I, I wasn't hanging out with him. I don't, why, okay, fine. Why, why are you laughing about this? Why, why, is this, why is this funny? That's a fucked up story. That's a really personal, fucked up story to say on your show, and now use it as an easy dunk. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe don't say the person's name out loud. Fuck. Back then. Yeah. That was like, so Chris was a year and a half older than me, and that's a bigger gap when you're a lot younger. 
So Chris was hanging out with these guys. Yeah, Chris, I think, is the one that brought him in the house because he was starting to get initiated and he was starting to hang out with that bad crew and he brought him in. And, and dad was like, never hang out with Andy ever again. He's not allowed in the house. Right. And then I remember Andy came in one day and I was like, my dad's coming home. You got to leave. And he was like, shut up, dude. Who cares? And I was like, dude, my dad's going to be here. You're not allowed to be here. And he goes, break yourself. And then he <laughs> shot me in the leg with a BB gun. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, a dick. I remember the cops knocking on our door and asking for um, our dad. And uh, they were like, are you, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Poole? And he was like, yes. And he's like, I believe this credit card belongs to you. So I'll, I'll say this too. Like, I wasn't witness to Andy getting beat in the basement. That's what they told me. And Andy, I remember he explained it to me. He said it was like, they were, they all hit him like, like, pop, 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 pop. So he was like, one, two, three, four. And then he felt like he was falling in slow motion and they hit him on the way down. Oh. That's the story I was told. I knew the gangbangers were there. I knew that he got, you know, beat up or whatever. And that's what they said happened. And uh, his name was was Andy Weiner, and now he's probably mad at me for saying his name publicly. But like, hey man, yeah, I don't know. Like, we, he was he was a good friend of ours, and I haven't talked to him in a decade or whatever. But he 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 liked music. He's you know we were we were stupid kids doing stupid things, and uh, I don't know what he's up to these days. But uh, there you go. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. say everyone else's names because like. I don't want to drag everybody into everything, but that's one of the tricks they try to do. Jack was like, say his name, because they know it's really hard for someone to be like, sure, let me explain to you a child victim of gang violence. Right. Let me explain. Well, look, man, you know, I think the only reason I'm saying Andy's name is because I think he'd be cool with it because he's not, he's, he's, he's not like a whiny loser guy. He's going to, no. he's, he's going to be able to stick up for himself and speak for himself. There's a lot of other people who might be really hurt and traumatized dealing with the, the death, the drugs and all that stuff. I don't think Andy's one of them. So I got no problem mentioning his name, but there are a lot of other people whose names I'm not going to mention. And I, 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 all I can say is I never once acted like that, what we went through was the apocalypse of poverty. Because I've seen other countries especially. Right. But all I was trying to say to RA was like, look, man, you know, other people experience this kind of stuff too. And I don't like it when you are a racist. So to Chenk, to Anna, to RA, my point is this. And let's make this very clear. Yeah, I think that, you know, black people in the United States experience racism way worse than I ever will. Way worse than many other different races. I think, you know, uh, I understand the points of intersectionality. I have no issue with them. In fact, I agree with a lot of them. My issue is the authoritarian application of them. My issue is elitists millionaire yeah but that's that's oh that's the fucked up part because there is like you are one of the people who lies the crt is being taught in schools you are one of the people who again constantly talks about the civil war discourse constantly talks about black violence specifically or immigrant violence you're you're really bad for that stuff too and i know this because i've watched a lot of your videos i kind of do it professionally and it's horrible uh and again your lived experience being what it is uh if if all of that is true if every single part of it is true uh then yes that happened to you, Tim, that doesn't change the fact that you were doing this professionally. It doesn't change the fact that you were still the one amplifying this shit every day for a living. Mocking and belittling people who've experienced these things. And this is why I'll give a shout out to Vosh. Because Vosh, who I disagree with and who called me a conservative, which he's wrong about, he said, never no, argue with someone about their experience because they are the experts on them. You should always respond with, okay, but, or okay, and. So if someone tells you something about themselves, unless you can definitively prove it wasn't true, you accept what they're saying about themselves because you wouldn't know. So the issue I take is, here we do a show, you know, we do a show on Timcast IRL, where we're just like, the elites are ripping you off. I think that we've got a problem with, you know, powerful establishment elites from the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, but mostly the Democrats <laughs> who are trying to lie, cheat, and steal, manipulate, and put a boot on your neck. And I think Jenk actually agrees with me on those points. He just hates the Republicans more. So that's why I kind of feel like the whole bit is an attempt to just bait us into creating drama or whatever. But by all means, dude, if that's what you want, or if you want to have a conversation, you come on the show and we can talk about it. Because he mentioned, he said, if you're Tim Pool admits he's a racist, we'll have him on the show. Well, I, I don't know. Um, that's ridiculous. I'll just openly invite you to come on my show for any reason. There's no caveats and there's no consideration. You can just literally come whenever you want, walk in the door. We'll sit you down and put the camera on and get you the microphone and everything. And we'll pay for all of it. I don't like that when people say, I'm poor. I was poor. I fought through these things. Let's try and solve them. Your response is, I'm going to laugh in your face. That's the issue I took with Ari the Rugged Man, was that he's a white guy who says he has white privilege, 
I'm the second generation mixed race person, a quarter Korean, who's experienced a certain degree of racism, not the worst, but a certain degree. And his response is to laugh, belittle, and say you're a liar. I think the reason is when I tell him he's wrong and he's a racist, his whole narrative is broken. Same right. thing for the Young Turks. You know, Cenk is, is a large brown man. I believe he's Turkish. So he, by all means, he's entitled to his experiences. <laughs> large he brown man. Believe and he can choose to disbelieve me. But I'll, I'll say outside of disbelief, Vosh nailed it. If you have someone who claims to have white privilege, and that is already the rugged man, and then you have another person saying white supremacist. The thing he laughed at you for, if I remember correctly, the most was the airport stuff, was the fact that you were like, I get profiled when I go to the airport. Because... Yeah, you probably get profiled when you go to the airport because you happen to be very, very famous on the internet. That's a big reason why you might be profiled rather than you're being profiled specifically because you do not appear to be white, right? Like, again, the other surf who does the YouTube channel with me, he gets profiled every time we cross the border. I can be in a group of like 10 to 20 people and he gets pulled out of that list because he's brown. And every single time it's like random security checks or random to the point where he doesn't even mind. Well, I mean, obviously he minds, but he doesn't even notice it as in like, oh, fuck, this is fucked up. It's kind of like, yeah, this is just what happens. This is just my life. Are bad and they attack mixed race people. Why? Yeah, every it, time. Why is his response anything other than you're correct? I agree with you. That was my point. Every time we've traveled together. Travel. I don't know if it's every when time I he travels. Those things, R.A. laughs and says you're a liar. But why is that lying? I'm literally telling, saying to him like what you just said, I agree with and have experienced myself because what they're really about is tribalism and drumming up anger and hate. So I'll, I'll wrap it up with, with a, a final thought that I think is important. And that's, I don't view what they do as genuine. Their only response is you must be a liar. They don't actually care about working class people. They don't care about people like us. They don't care about our experiences. And they're so unfamiliar with what it's like to grow up in a place like the South of Chicago. These stories to them don't make sense and can't possibly be that, true. That, that really bothered me that he just was like, I, I don't believe you. And then he had to say, you, had, you made this Jesse Smollett story. And I was just like, Isn't that crazy dude? that it's like white supremacists attacked my, my family for being mixed race? And they're like, that's not true. That couldn't happen. But when Jesse Smollett came out with that story and he was like, two, two white Trump supporters, yeah. I guess everyone believed oh, him. Yeah, man. totally. That's, a, that's another one. You, you make so much content about fake race crimes, about pe- people faking uh, hate crimes and stuff like that, which definitely, definitely plays into the greater culture that this is suddenly a problem that doesn't really exist or need to be addressed, that racial oppression. Like, hey, come on, look. I mean, I've got like 50 plus videos on Jesse Smollett. I've got a whole bunch on other uh, fake hate crimes that have been identified by Andy No. Andy No is very good at pointing out all these fake hate crimes that are always happening everywhere. It's, it's because they're driven by tribal politics, not principle. They don't care to help people, and they don't like the fact that a, a mixed-race high school dropout from the south side of Chicago is running a multimillion-dollar business. It yeah, flies in the face it. of their narrative. It flies in the face of what they claim is true, and that way, the, their only solution is to tell their audience, he must be lying. It can't possibly yeah, they be They don't want to believe it. Well, they— I, Who the fuck says that? I, I think everyone, every single person was like, oh, yeah, that's really fucked up. You did that. It's, it's incredibly fucked up to fake a hate crime, especially to fake a hate crime for something as shallow as wanting to become more famous. That's ridiculous because, again, it takes away um, the, the seriousness and people like you can use it and, and weaponize it. So everyone starts thinking that like, racial oppression isn't as bad as it is, that like, you know, these hate crimes, uh, in fact, may be faked on a regular basis when that is simply not the case. Like statistically, that's not the case at all. Um, so no, no one on the left was like, oh yeah, uh, Jesse must be lying. I think because it breaks their narrative. Yeah. All of that critical race theory stuff, the lies, you know, Jank has repeatedly said CRT is not being taught in schools when critical race praxis is absolutely being taught in schools. And the Huffington Post just wrote an article recently where even a leftist said it was literally said it was. So I don't know what world he lives in other than he wants to, uh, you know, play tribal politics for for money. I'll I'll, I'll say one, one final thing. 
this is not a show, Timcast IRL, nor my channels, where I just scream MAGA, MAGA, MAGA all day. I've never been the biggest fan of Trump, but I did support him with a vote in 2020 because he's certainly better than Joe Biden. The Democrats are trash. And I thought his second term agenda had many good things in it. But what they do is they try to stereotype, you know, you're the right winger, you're the conservative, therefore you believe all these things. And the challenge with someone like me is it's just plainly not true. They, they, they can try and say all these things about it. But I'll tell you this. I genuinely believe Jenk will not come on this show because what's going to end up happening is the same thing that happened with Ari the Rugged Man. He's going to say things like, what about this, that, and this issue? And I'm going to say, I agree, you're correct. And it's going to be a big problem for him when he comes on the show and his audience realizes when you actually watch us in context, they would agree with us. So the only thing he can do is call me a liar without any evidence, right. without any basis. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything you wanted to add to? Um, nah, I just... I would actually love to see uh, that conversation. I don't know if it's going to take place, but I would love to see that conversation if it took place simply because you can move away from that very quickly. The, the, the bulk of the content you should talk about when it comes to Tim Pool is all the fucked up things that Tim Pool does, especially in relation to making people scared for a civil war and race-based issues. You don't, you don't need to stay on the your lived experience isn't your lived experience stuff. You can, like, you can be like, all right, I'm going to take everything you just said on face value in good faith that this is exactly how you grew up. You grew up, uh, you know, uh, relatively poor, uh, and uh, there were a lot of uh, gang activity and violence uh, surrounding you at all times, uh, you know, and it, it caused a lot of strain and stress for your family. Uh, your mom uh, was barely around because she had to work all the time. Uh, you know, I'll grant all of that to you. None of that changes what you're doing. Like none of the none of that changes the Tim Pool Timcast IRL experience, the the Timcast IRL other channels, the the fucking empire that you've built, where you like keep people consistently afraid for this shit. Uh, I just wanted to come on here and yeah, like yeah, that stuff we did experience all of those things, and for him to just tell you that you were lying and made up this story about our brick getting thrown into our minivan as a kid uh, it really pissed me off. They stole I was, the I don't know something the probe got stolen. Mom's probe. That's yeah. right, her SC probe. She woke up one morning, there was a screwdriver broken off in it. And the next morning it was gone. It was gone. And it was yeah. found and burnt to a crisp in a parking they lot. They destroyed it. They destroyed They didn't car. steal it and sell it. They burnt it to a crisp. They burnt it to a crisp. So, so I, I can't tell you why they did. I can't tell you why our home was vandalized. I can't tell you. I, well, I can't, I can't say this. I can tell you that my mom said KKK pamphlets were littered in the screen door right. and on the porch. I can tell you that a brick was thrown through the window of our family van. I can tell you that the front of our house was vandalized repeatedly. And I can tell you that my mom's car was stolen and then torched in a parking lot not too far away. And a rotten chicken got thrown in our backyard and shaving cream all over our tree. Yep. And it wasn't Halloween. So, <laughs> it wasn't. so am I saying that the white supremacists escalated beyond putting pamphlets on our porch? No. Am I saying <laughs> that maybe they did? Yeah, we know that one of the attacks. So my mom says I was a little kid, right? I want to make sure. Very, what is very happening clear. right now? Was due to the fact that my mom is very visibly a brown woman with a white man and little kids of varying colored hair and yeah. stuff. And then I want to stress this: the car was taken. They didn't sell it. They destroyed it. They, they set it on fire it. in a parking yeah. lot. They, tr- they they broke a uh, they broke a screwdriver off trying to steal it. That like that happened to one of my cousins, and I don't think it at all had anything to do with the fact that he's part indigenous and that it was a hate crime. I think it's just kids destroying property. It's what, it's what they do. I grew up in a country where in a decade I was born, many journalists met an unfortunate end trying to dig info on dangerous topics and every speck of dust in their coffins has more just like integrity than Tim's entire studio put together. Uh, can I get the Discord links? Uh, if you do exclamation point Discord in the chat, I think you'll you'll find it there. Yeah. And the next day we went to the garage, the door was open, the car was gone, and when the cops found it, it was pulled in a park, it was just sitting in a parking lot, it was torched. You know that wasn't even mom's car? It was a demo from the dealership she worked at. Wow. Yeah, I think she had to pay for that. Yep. It was awful. Yeah, but uh, far far be it uh, from me to talk about... 
Yeah, but those ugh, those aren't like okay. Uh, the the KKK one that that is definitely if it's you're being targeted specifically by white supremacists because your family was mixed race. Yes, that's a hate crime. The your car getting stolen without you understanding the reason behind it, like that that could also just be people destroying property. It's what like kids just do shit like that. Again, it happened to a member of my family, and I do not think it was racially based in any way, shape, or form. About what actually happened to my family. And then the people who are supposed to be my ally, the people who claim that white supremacy is bad, the people who claim that white privilege exists are the ones telling me none of that happened. We didn't experience racism. They laugh at me, they mock me, and they make shows about it. Okay, so I'm not telling you anything that that didn't happen. I mean, I'm in good faith, Tim. I'm going to say, okay, maybe all that happened. Again, that does not change the criticism of your work broadly. Like... Anyone who wants to use their lived experience as a shield towards their current content production is misguided. It, it does not work like that. I, I cannot, like, guess what? Like, you know, I, I'm partially attracted to men. That doesn't mean I can go on here and go on homophobic rants on a daily basis, but it's okay. I get a pass because I myself happen to be included in this group. Like, all of a sudden, uh, I, I, you know, I may not have experienced uh, much oppression for it, but hey, I'm really going to tell you what's on my mind. Like, it doesn't give you a shield in this regard. And that makes me sad for my daughter, too, because she's going through this thing right now with these people being extremely racist. Like kids in her class, these boys are just, every day she, they're, they're, she's best, barely Korean. She's barely Korean and, uh, because she told them she was Korean because they're making fun of her fan because they're a Chinese fan. But now every day when she walks in class, she's got some boy passing by her going, ching chong, and like stretching her eyes at her. It's a funny thing where they're like, I'm like, no, I don't like critical race praxis. I think identity politics exists and has various forms, both good and bad. But anyway, I'll leave it there. Lisa, thanks for hanging out. Oh, fun. you're welcome. My pleasure. And this has been a special, <laughs> I don't know, cultural discussion segment that I, I've never done anything like this before. But now, by all means, all of the people in the world can write up whatever they want to write about. And I'll say this to anybody who wants to claim what's true and what's not true. 4941 South Laramie. We moved in, what, 1989? Yeah, it was like 89. It was that year that my mom says the brick went through the window and they started attacking the family. Moved in. I went to Our Lady of the Snows, which was about a block away from kindergarten until the end of fifth grade and then went to Mark Twain Elementary because our family didn't have the money to keep sending us to the Catholic school and then went to public school. And then after that, I went to Kennedy High School for only a few months before leaving for a homeschool correspondence program I never finished. And then because my family tried to open a cafe and... Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, what? You... You went to private school? Catholic school is a private school. You went to private school, then you went to public school? Is that what I'm hearing? We used the house as collateral, and the business didn't succeed. We ended up losing the house. Then my mom rented a house. Then my parents got divorced. And then, there you go. But I, I'll, I'll... Okay, fine. Tim, none of that changes anything. It's like, this is such a strange and bizarre way to try and, like, twist this whole thing on its head. Like, because you don't understand my lived experience, your criticism of my work is invalid. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you if you grew up in one of the most horrifyingly racially oppressed stories uh, that I'd ever come across or something to that effect. Uh, like, it, it that would not matter in terms of the content you're putting out and the damage that it's having, the effect that it's having. Like, that criticism doesn't stop being valid. Mention that after all of that stuff with the gangs and everything, within the next year or so, I started hanging out with some other kids, finding my own way, getting involved in Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, skateboarding. They went in private, they couldn't afford it anymore, so they went to public school. Like, okay, I mean, 
yeah, I, I'm sorry that you had to leave private school to go to public school. But like, do you understand when people talk about racial oppression, what, what they're talking about or when they talk about systemic racism, like families growing up in abject poverty, the school system themselves being associated with their uh, living environment. So all of a sudden, the quality of the schools is directly related to the houses uh, growing up under that system where you may not be able to get a job. You may be stopped by the police. You may be charged by the police. Uh, sorry, you may be charged and you may get further punishment based on the fact that you happen to be of a certain skin color. The fact that it's going to be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, for you to become a homeowner in some cases. Like even to get a, a loan for a, for a down payment of a house, you're going to need to come up with $40,000 or something to the effect of whatever it's going to be in relation to the amount that you're trying to get the loan for. That's if you can get the loan based on your skin color. And then there's even now information and studies coming out that when you sell the house, you'll be selling it for less just based on your race. Like those are all like legitimate problems and, and things that people like they they live in consistent and constant fear that's what the the left is talking about when, when they bring up those issues um and again n- none of that would change even if you had grown up in all of that the worst possible conditions the content of your videos like what you are now doing as a living like it, n- none of that would give you a pass in that regard and the skateboarding still had a periphery with some of the gang stuff at, at venom park but for the most part that really helped me meet a lot of people and get out of these get out of chicago it did. Because then I was going to the suburbs and meeting new skateboarders. I was going to different skate, par- skate parks, meeting different people, different backgrounds. And then I started traveling more and more and more. And I just got the fuck away from all that stuff. Right. I, I did swear. too. I took off to Vegas and California <laughs> yep. when I was a teenager. I just, I left. I took off out of Chicago. And all right. I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for hanging out and watching this uh, weird special clip. You learned a lot about my background. And I appreciate all of you guys who follow. And uh, I'll say it with absolute sincerity. No conditions. Jenk and Anna Kasparian are fully welcome at their own convenience whenever they want to come on this show. We'll cover all of the costs. We'll get you first class. We'll get you a nice hotel. We're just about an hour outside of D.C. We will take care of everything. You guys can say whatever you want to say about me on my own show to my face. And I'm sure your fans would appreciate it. And I would love to have that conversation. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all next time. Cool. Well, I do hope that conversation takes place. Uh, I will say. I I would really, really much enjoy seeing uh, Jank go into the compound and have a conversation about this uh, and then bring a well, hopefully researched uh, list of uh, criticisms of Tim Pool's body and canon uh, rather than talking about uh, Tim Pool's lived experience, you know? So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we beseech thee to smite down our enemies. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble court jesters here to amuse you. To our lords, Trevor R., we give thanks for this spit of land for us to eke out this meager existence. To our knights, Merid, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Ellie Leslie, Alex P., Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, that one guy... Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Val 9000, Jenna Tall, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multi Mondi, Trevor Yanis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Seren 42, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Nkosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, 
Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We raise our flag in a veil, and we salute you, our friends. <laughs>